0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of How I Built It. This is in between seasons three and four, and this is a special live events episode. I had the opportunity recently to go to WordCamp US thanks to a generous sponsorship by Pantheon. So uh, they offered to pay for my trip and sponsor this episode. And in return, uh, we would work together on the theme of for a special, just about an hour long episode uh, for them. And so uh, to pull back the curtain a little bit, uh, we talked with them. Do we want to focus on their services? Do we want to interview somebody from the company? Uh, Or do we want to talk to attendees? Should I find a booth somewhere? And we essentially agreed that what we would do is man on the street type interviews. So I would have my portable microphone and my portable equipment, and I would go up to attendees and I would talk to them about front-end development and so we came up with a few questions uh the folks at pantheon and i did uh, about optimizing your site for front-end development uh how to level up your skills and uh and then my favorite question which is if you could go back in time and uh tell your younger self something what would it be Uh, And so I got to talk to seven great, seven, eight, nine, something like that, great people uh, about those three questions. So I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. It was so much fun to do. Uh, I hope to be able to do more live events like this in the future where I go to a WordCamp or some other event uh, and I just talk to the attendees. So again, I want to thank Pantheon for the opportunity to do this. Uh, You can find out about their hosting services and everything they have to offer over at buildpodcast.net slash pantheon. Uh, and so we'll get into the interviews at the end of the episode. I also get to talk to uh, one of the uh, folks over at Pantheon, Steve Persh, and uh, we get to go through his answers to the same question. So uh, I had a lot of fun doing this episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, and without further ado, on with the show. Jackie D'Elia, we're here at WordCamp US recording a live man on the street interview for how I built it. I want to ask you just a few questions about front-end development thanks to my friends at Pantheon, who I'm working with, who have sent me here for this very special live episode. Are you cool with that?
1: I am cool with that, Joe.
0: Awesome. So the first question is, uh, do you have any front-end development optimization tips and tricks for us, things to make your website faster on the front-end?
1: First thing I can say is use SVGs where you can. I think that that uh, really uh, decreases the file size of your downloads and helps you make your website faster. Start looking at ways to do different things other than giant hero images or video backgrounds and come up with some creative ways to maybe do some SVG and even animations. They're very lightweight, easy to use.
0: Awesome. I love that. And you're quite an SVG expert, I would say, right? You have some good material on SVGs, right?
1: Yeah, enough. I'm learning as I go.
0: Very nice, very nice. So, my next question is, they're out of order here on, on this sheet of paper, but my next question is actually, how do you level up your dev game? You know, do you have any learning sites that you recommend or anything like that?
1: Yeah, everybody knows I'm a big you know, fan of LinkedIn Learning and Lynda, and Treehouse was another one that I've spent quite a bit of time on. So, I am always dedicating time every week to continuous learning, to leveling up my own game. And to, when I encounter things that I don't understand, to reach out, to learn more about it, and then to figure out what do I need to bring into my own development workflow that's actually going to help me do a better job. Not everything will, and you don't want to get stuck with the shiny object syndrome where you're chasing all of the new things, but get a good system working for yourself, and then stay on target and keep track of what's out there and what's going to really help you level up your game.
0: Awesome. I love that. Have you seen Morton? He's here today of LinkedIn Learning. I
1: talked to him this morning.
0: Very nice. And my last question is, if you could go back in time to your younger self and give her one tip, what would it be? If the book
1: Essentialism had been available 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I wish I would have read that then and taken that to heart. I think eliminating all of the excess that we've got that's distracting from us and helping us focus on what we really will excel at is something everybody should take to heart.
0: That's fantastic. Jackie, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. All right. Hello, hello. I'm here with Scott Deluzio of WP CRM Systems, a former sponsor of the show in Season 3. So I want to ask you three questions about development. Sound good? That sounds great. Awesome, thank you. So my first question uh, focuses more on front-end development. I know you're a back-end guy. Maybe you could just answer generally. Do you have any tips or tricks for uh, optimizing your website?
2: Uh, yeah, definitely take a look at your your information Use, using tools like uh, GT metrics and other, other tools that are out there. Take a look at those reports that come back and do what you can to address some of those, high, those high-ticket those high items that, that will really have an impact on, on speed, page load times, and things like that. Because especially on you know e-commerce type sites, you you want to make sure that the, the site's loading quickly, and you're not losing customers because they're impatient. They don't want to wait around for uh, you know your your site to load or or whatever. Um, especially when it comes to the checkout page, that's kind of an important thing. You don't you definitely don't want to be losing them there. So
0: yeah, absolutely. So do you have like a favorite like a caching system that you use or anything like that?
2: So right now I'm on. I'm on WP Engine, so I, I'm using that for you know their internal like CDN and, and things like that. But I've I've used on many other hosts uh, that I've, I've used throughout the years. You know, some, a lot of the caching plugins, the Super Cache, and other other caching plugins that are out there are, are really great for those quick fixes to give that instant boost in in your uh, your your scores on on some of those things. Not that you're necessarily looking at. You know, the overall score, because you're you're probably not going to get a perfect 100% 100 score on those things, but it helps address some of the the low-hanging fruit really easily.
0: Nice, very nice. That's awesome. So,
2: as far as, like, learning this stuff, you know, how do you kind of level up your development game? Yeah, so I am... Pretty much completely self taught, so I I rely a lot on initially when I first started out uh, a lot of books. I would take these books and just kind of consume as much content as I could. Now with you know more stuff being online, it's really easy to to go out and try to find you know information. Maybe I'm having a problem with how do I do this, or maybe I'm tackling a new new situation that I haven't really dealt with before. I can I can kind of go out there and, and try to see has someone else done this before, so I don't have to reinvent the wheel. Downside to that is you kind of have to. Filter out some of the bad information from the good, right, yeah. but you tend to start to learn where some of the good sources are. You know who who's been around the space for for a long time and and uh, has done things the right way. And you kind of learn to trust those people a little bit more. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So uh, now, with all that in mind, let's go back in time. You're talking to your former self, your younger self. What is one thing that you would tell him to learn? Like, I wish I knew this sooner.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I would definitely tell that younger me to get out and get involved with the community, start networking with people, because you can't do it yourself. You need to have, uh, you know, a strong group of people working around you, not necessarily working for you, you know, but networking and getting getting to know people and everything is is really a a huge thing, which I think five years ago, the kind of Introverted me yeah. was just like I'm just happy to sit here behind my keyboard yeah, and just yeah. kind of type away on Twitter, and that like that's what I'll do. But that doesn't work. And, and getting out to you know events like uh, like WordCamps and and other other uh, industry events are are really uh, a great way to go. Awesome. Well, Scott, thank you so much
0: for your time. I really appreciate it.
2: All right. Thanks. Thanks for talking.
0: All right. Hey everybody, I'm here with Akshat at WordCamp US. Akshat, I'm going to ask you three questions about development. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Hi. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you very much for doing this. Awesome. So, my first question revolves around front-end development or development in general. Do you have any tips or tricks on how to optimize your website or our website?
3: All right. So, there are like there's no single tip you can give to like, yo, oh, this is a magic pill to optimize or uh, to optimize your website. I would suggest using a, a caching plugin for sure uh, if you are there and from a development perspective, be careful of the MySQL the database calls you are making. That's where I think majority of load is put on your site. So you want to make sure that the MySQL queries are you monitor them, you find out, you optimize them. You go through all the MySQL queries that are ma- being made when your site loads, and that's the single most important thing you can do for a optimal experience as a developer.
0: Gotcha. So so aside from caching, there are things that you should do on the the code level right make sure your code is is right and you're not just doing a bunch of nonsense right
3: absolutely like even for, even at a, even at the code level the uh, so every small function you write has to be can be you can think of it the data to be cached in on that front so how you load the data and then how you reuse the data again and again and especially when it comes to database access and a lot of when you're loading from from, from the mysql database you need to make sure that you are doing it only once and caching it and reusing it in the right way especially if you're traversing functions, then you're carrying forward that data and not reloading it from the from the database. And those are, those are easy to, these mistakes can be made very easily even by experts. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just need to be wary and you need to analyze your code yeah. after you've programmed it and you've put it on. Yeah. You're testing the, uh, the, testing the, code, the code, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that makes sense, right? Write something and refactor and stuff yeah. like that. So uh, that's a great and, and pretty technical answer, right? So um, how do you level up your skills? How do you get better at what you do? All
3: right. So the way I do it is I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's my way of doing it. Like nice. whenever I'm working, there's always a podcast uh, playing in, in the background. Now, does that mean that I can multitask? No. But some or the other just keeps percolating into the head and... You take like five times as longer yeah. if you're uh, really focus on it, but you're not. Uh, you're spending so much time listening to so many different things that some of it just inculcates, and that's that's one of the ways I really learn new things. And then you, then you experiment. Like if something really catches your eye, you try and try and use that. Try and experiment. Uh, write some code around it. Absolutely. So that's great. So you have a podcast
0: playing in the background. Maybe, maybe they say something that catches your attention that you can then like follow up on later,
3: right? Right. And sometimes uh, sometimes it breaks, uh, breaks your momentum of whatever you are doing. But it, sometimes it's important enough. So you actually rewind and then play that segment again. And that happens. Again, I think there are people who can multitask, but it works well for me. Like you just go back to listen to it again, bookmark it, and then get back to it in the future whenever you get a chance. Awesome! That's fantastic. So, uh,
0: that's great advice. Both questions, great advice. And and so, I want to know if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something. I wish I knew X. What
3: would it be? All right. I'm just wondering. Like ah, uh, there 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 are quite a few things I would I would say. I, I think the one thing would be you end up focusing on the wrong things right through school. In in real world, the the things that matter is completely different. Meeting people, talking to people, being friendly with people. You, you can't just sit in front of a computer and solve yeah. all problems by yourself. Like, as much as you think that's possible, it does not happen. Yeah. And the WordPress community is the best estimate of that. Like, I should have gotten involved in it a lot, lot earlier. Man. And uh, that's just one example. But I've seen this happen again and again. Man, that's, uh, that's fantastic
0: advice. It's funny you mentioned that. Somebody else that I interviewed for this also said the same thing. So uh, for those listening, the big takeaway, get involved in the community early and get involved often. So uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate thank it.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. You have uh, uh, enjoy the rest of your WordCamp US. You too. Thank you very much. I'm here with Michelle Schulp, and uh, we're going to talk about front-end dev stuff. So the first question is, Michelle, do you have any front-end development optimization tips for us?
4: Well, everybody's always trying to make it better, right? But my, my biggest tip is to try not to be overly redundant in your code in general. So whether that's, you know, better CSS, it's not overwriting itself, whether that's using leaner JavaScript, or maybe using JavaScript to do add and remove classes instead of like a little jQuery fade or something, that's always good. Breaking things apart, being modular, reusing it, better image. I mean, there's nothing revolutionary there, but any, anywhere you could not repeat yourself is good.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And I mean, it's it's things that people don't really think about. I have to build this, and I'm build it. I'm going to build it four times, right? Or I have a class that could have been reused, but I just rewrote that class, right? Yep. So I mean, code optimizations are important. And like, so do you use like any like minifiers or anything like that either?
4: I mean, so I do write all my CSS and SAS, and so I compile that, and I, I do minify my job. I mean, I, I use CodeKit. I'm kind of a visual person, right, coming from a design background. But um, so yeah, I'm minifying stuff.
0: CodeKit is a great tool, especially if you don't feel like banging around the command line or anything like that. So I use CodeKit for a while, and then Yeah, I'm a developer-y person by trade. So I was like, all right, I'll do the command line. (laughs) So my, my second question is, how do you level up your dev game, right? How did you learn all the stuff that you just talked about?
4: So a lot of uh, what I learned, I, I usually would hear about it either from somebody sharing a resource uh, at a, uh, an event like this or on Twitter, somebody tweets something out or whatever, and I'll go and like learn more about it. So I've also been really lucky that some of my friends have been super, super smart developers, and they've sat down and been like, hey, Michelle, want me to teach you SaaS? And I'll be like, yes, friend, that's nice. great. But honestly... Just as I'm building projects, like taking on projects that are maybe like ten or twenty percent harder than something I know, and then having to learn that as I go on, um, learning how to search for it was great, and now I can pretty much find anything that I need. So,
0: nice, that's awesome. So it's like you know, kind of trial by fire. You know, you're gonna take on something that you're confident you can learn. That's the important yep. part, right? You don't want to get in over your head.
4: Correct. Yeah, correct. I mean, that's why I said it's usually only about ten or twenty percent that I don't know, and eighty percent that I do, and then I can learn that twenty percent while I'm doing it.
0: Awesome. Very nice. And my last question for you is, uh, what's one thing if you could go back in time to your younger self and say, I wish I learned this sooner?
4: Honestly, I wish I had learned how WordPress templating actually worked sooner because it seemed like this magical, frustrating black box <laughs> until I finally sat down and learned it. And now it just makes total se- I mean, it makes sense about as much as WordPress templating can make sense, sure. right? But it made it so much easier and so much less frustrating to be a developer in this program to actually know how the program works.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, I probably think that's a wish of a lot of theme developers. So, well, Michelle, thank you so much for your time. I really yep. appreciate it. Yep. Hey, everybody, I'm here with Leland Fiegel of Themetry. We are going to be talking about front end development and advice for leveling up your game. Leland, thank you for joining me today.
5: You're very welcome.
0: All right. I uh, I've got to say, I'm, I'm a big fan of Themetry. They've sponsored the show in the past. I love your theme. So, I think you're a great guy to ask these questions mm-hmm. to. The first question has to do with. Uh, Front end optimization. How do you optimize your website from a user standpoint on the front end?
5: Sure. So, the number one tip that a lot of people overlook is images. Like, a lot of people make a big deal about, like, you know, shaving like two kilobytes or something off of your CSS file, and then they upload these like two megabyte images without even realizing how long that's going to take to download uh, for the user. Uh, That's something you really need to be aware of when, you know, you can't assume everyone has a high speed connection like you do. people might be on mobile devices, people might be on limited data plans, and you can't be like forcing people to download gigantic images. So that's the number one thing that people overlook and don't realize they're wasting so much bandwidth on these images. Other thing, uh, you know, it never hurts to minify your CSS, your JavaScript, other static assets like that, concatenating them. You know, it it certainly doesn't hurt to be on a kind of a, a nice server that doesn't have like 5,000 other sites on it. Sure, yeah. So I like to kind of think of it very holistically. Fonts, I think if people go a little too crazy on Google Fonts. They like load like 10 different weights of the same font or something when they're only really even using two of them and that's just completely wasteful. So just, you know, look at your network tab when you're loading your web, different pages of your website and just keep an eye out for things that just look unusual.
0: Gotcha, yeah. So you're really talking about resource management, right? You don't want to throw a million things at your user, especially if you're not using them all, right?
5: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Cool. Very cool. I love that. So you run a theme shop. I'm sure you try to keep uh, your skills up to date and fresh and things like that. So how do you? How would you level up your development game? Sure. So
5: lately, I'm a big fan of online courses. So not really that great, or I wasn't really that great at JavaScript. Zach Gordon has this great JavaScript course called JavaScript WordPress took that. I bought that as soon as it came out and went through it. And now I feel pretty comfortable with JavaScript. And that's something that you're going to need to know. Every WordPress developer is going to need to know in the future. Other online courses like Udemy has a lot of great courses. Um, I don't really know the people who make them, but you can just look at the ratings and how many other people take it and kind of evaluate how good it is. So I'll look at stuff like object-oriented PHP, um, other JavaScript-related courses and things like that.
0: Cool, very cool. Online courses are, uh, well, I do them, so I'm a big fan of them. So uh, they're definitely very important in the space. And they're like kind of learning at your own pace, right?
5: Exactly, yeah. And like, I I buy like a lot of them, and sometimes I don't even like go through them at first. But I like the ones that are just kind of like a, a one time payment thing. So you're just kind of investing in the courses and you can revisit them when you're ready. Oh, and WP Sessions is another one. Um, I just signed up for that uh, just a few days ago, actually, and there are a bunch of WordPress-related, WordPress-specific courses on these more general sites like Udemy. Like, there's a whole like grab bag of different things, but on WP Sessions, WP is going to be WordPress-specific or mostly.
0: Awesome, yeah. WP Sessions is a great resource. We interviewed Brian on the podcast, and for this episode, actually, so he's somewhere in here. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert: if he's not in here yet, so. And the last question that I like to ask is. Let's say you go back in time, you see your former self, you say, I wish I knew this to your former self. What is that?
5: Right. So definitely be more willing to ask for help. I've always been the type of person who never asked for help and just try, tries to figure things out on his own. And, you know, like going back related to the online courses thing, like I just tried to like just type things out and see what worked and what didn't work. And, you know, I realized later on, like, that's just a huge, I mean, not a huge waste of time, but if you have a a real, like, instructor teaching you the kind of background behind things and how they work, you can kind of figure out more of a high-level perspective on things. So definitely ask for help. Look at online courses, maybe find some sort of mentor or something. You know, if you're a developer, try to work with another developer, kind of split the work, and you probably have different Skills that one of you is good at something and the other is good at the other thing, and you can kind of have a synergistic effect on each other. So don't be afraid to ask for help would be my number one piece of advice, and I wish I learned that a lot sooner.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, That goes along with what I say a lot, which is just ask. So reporting live here from WordCamp US, Leland, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Absolutely. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Brian Richards at WordCamp US, and I'm going to ask you a few questions about front-end development. Sound good, Brian? Sounds great. All right. Thank you very much. So my first question is with, uh, has to do with optimization. Do you have any tips or tricks for optimizing the front-end of a website?
6: Yes. I would recommend taking a good, close look at the CSS that you're building for your sites. There's a pretty good chance that you're not actually utilizing the cascade and writing way more CSS than you need to. Uh, a great tip that I picked up a while ago, then promptly forgot about, and then rediscovered with the release of Tailwind CSS, is to create a lot of utility classes that you can just reuse across elements. Things that add standard padding and margin and such. It makes your markup a little messier because you have all these utility classes in the list of class names, but it makes your overall volume of CSS much shorter. Now that's a pretty marginal game. Other options that would get you a, a much higher rate of success for optimization are optimizing your images beyond just using safer web from Photoshop, which makes images still pretty huge. Taking a good hard look at the JavaScript that you're loading across the pages. Maybe you don't need it on every single page, so maybe you need different payloads of JavaScript. Maybe you could just get away with less JavaScript. And other things like that where you're, you're adding... Nice window dressings, that I consider it, with things like shadows and rounded corners, which, surprisingly, make your front-end load a little slower because it takes more time for the browser to paint all of those elements with all of their special effects.
0: Gotcha, yeah. So you're doing things like you're adding things that you think might look better, but not necessarily at the cost of the performance that it's giving you, right?
6: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the case.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Very cool. So now, I know that you run WP Sessions, so you are all about learning. How do you level up your skills as a developer?
6: I find people who are smarter than me and ask them lots of questions. That's actually how WP Sessions started. I started looking for people who knew things that I didn't, and I said, can I pay you to take an hour and teach me this thing? And a lot of people said yes. Outside of that, which is still largely how I find my speakers, I also seek out people who are writing articles and and consume those every now and again i go to events like WordCamp so that i can uh find more speakers and basically i just i find other people who are talking about smart people and then go and track down the smart people that they're talking about to try and learn from them
0: i like that that is exactly why i started this podcast because i like talking to people who are smarter than me like yourself Now, so the last question, and I know that you're going to give a really good answer for this one, so no pressure. If you could go back in time to your former self and give him one piece of advice, I wish I knew X, what would it be? I would tell
6: former me to make a point of documenting the way that I work and the things that I'm doing much, much better than I ever do. Because, man, having things written down has saved me so much grief in the current age that I wish I would have written down so many other things at a younger age. And like for code, obviously, putting putting inline comments and documentation in my code, but also like ideas that I'm having, I keep a very rich list of notes in Evernote of just things that I need to remember about what I'm doing for the day, for the week. I started at the beginning of each week, for instance, writing down three positive reflections and three things that I could work on from my observations from the week prior. That's a pretty big thing, and it's been pretty awesome to go back and look at, even just the few months that I've been doing it, seeing all of the good things that have happened over the last 12 weeks or so.
0: Nice. I really love that. uh, Great advice for anybody, not just developers, right? Document what you do; it'll make your life easier in the future. So, Brian, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it.
6: It was my pleasure. Thanks for uh, taking the time to
0: interview me. Oh, absolutely. Alrighty, here we go. Hey, everybody. I am here with Kim and Jason Coleman of Paid Memberships Pro, and I am going to ask them a few questions about front end development and learning stuff. So, the first question, guys. Is, well, first of all, how are you doing?
7: Very well. I'm
8: having a good time. Thanks, yeah.
0: Jeff. Excellent. Thanks for doing this with me. So, uh, the first question is uh, about front end optimization. Do you have any tips or tricks for optimizing the front end of your website?
7: So, we have a membership plugin, and it has to play nice with the theme that a site is already using. So, one thing that we've chosen to do is keep our plugin styling very lightweight and try to leave it up to the theme to control. And I think years ago, we were a little bit more heavy-handed and we're backing away from that so that themes can have that control over the checkout page or other account-level pages more so than the plugin trying to control it.
0: Gotcha. So you say heavy-handed in the sense that uh, you were pretty opinionated, you would make a lot of design decisions, and now you're backing away from that? Yes, absolutely. Cool. And that makes sense, right? You don't want to load too many things, right? Right.
7: and that was based on the landscape of themes, you know, 11 years ago, that didn't necessarily include styling for forms. Nowadays, forms are expected on a website, and themes do more to include styles for those types of elements. Yeah,
0: gotcha. And Jason, you do primarily the back end sort of stuff. Do you do you do anything on the back end to make uh, front end loading faster, better, anything like that? Hmm. I know this is a
3: curveball.
8: Yeah, out. you're throwing a curveball. I'd have to think about that. What I was going to say is, it's kind of front-end related, that my almost number one tip for any website owner that does a number of things, but also improves performance, is to make sure your homepage does only one thing. If you talk to a lot of businesses, uh, usually you you ask this question of your client, you say, when someone comes to your website, if you could have them 100% of the time do just one thing, what would you have them do? And it's usually not browse through my slider, or read through my testimonials, or all of this kind of heavy stuff that can slow down a homepage. It's like, call me, or join my mailing list, or buy my product, or submit this form. And so if you just put that front and center and take away a lot of the rest of the stuff, you you can optimize your site, not through tips and tricks maybe, but just uh, simplifying what you're doing.
0: Gotcha, so you have the very focused content, right? So it means you're not loading a whole bunch of
7: nonsense on there. Another thing related to performance as a plugin author is if your asset isn't needed on those pages, mm. don't enqueue them. Don't load oh, them. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah. and the same was somewhat true with we initiated a PHP session, but it was only really required for it was the PayPal gateway that oh, was requiring right. yeah. sessions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we in our most recent one point nine point four
8: yeah. took away. You, yeah, there's tips. So yeah. you could do it in the back end with almost any PHP resource. One of them in this case is like loading a you know, storing data into the PHP session, but sometimes it's loading a class. Or loading data out of the database. If you're smart about when you actually need to do those things and avoid doing them when you don't have to, sometimes it takes some upfront thought about things. But it's worth it because if every plugin developer did that, and you're running 30 plugins on your site, you yeah, know absolutely. you're gonna yeah speed up your uh, speed up your website.
0: Cool, very cool. So now, so you guys have been doing this for a while, and I think this is right. Uh, you are self-taught since. Paid Memberships Pro came into existence, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm especially excited to ask you this question. How do you learn? How do you level up your skills?
7: I think the, as a plugin author, you look to other plugins and you say, what are they doing? Um, the same is true for the skills. You look at a website and you pick it apart. You look at their JavaScript. You look at their CSS. How are they doing things? What are they doing? And it's really just you know, sink or swim a lot for me. So I see an element I like and I realize that I need to learn how to code it. So I have to dive deeper into CSS Grid or I have to dive deeper into, you know, variables in in a CSS file so that I can make a better product and I can get smarter about things for myself ongoing. So yeah, it's really just when the need arises, you have to learn more. And it's looking at other people and what they're doing for inspiration.
0: Nice. Kind of learn by example. And so so, uh, Jason, I know that you've written kind of a book on like a tome. I really love I really love it uh, about, you know, doing yeah. good WordPress plugin development essentially. And so how how do you kind of how do you learn cuz you learn and then you learn like the more advanced heavy deep dive stuff. Yeah.
8: It is important to like keep up your game when you're developing and like to be honest, I I feel like I'm starting to feel like an old timey developer Mm -hmm. when I talk to like the younger crew coming up and they're doing all this fancy stuff and using all the new frameworks. And I'm, I'm a little bit like, can't you just use, you know, basic JavaScript to do the same thing? And they're like, no. (laughs) So I'm, I'm kind of graduating into a, a, you know, coding management role versus programmer, even though I love the program, but on the programming side, what I found, you know, in my career and still, and with my team is like side projects are a really good way to, dive deep into those new, you know, platforms and technologies and skills that maybe you feel like would slow down your normal course of development. So yeah, you know, dive into a side project just for fun and like, oh, this is an excuse to work with React that we haven't worked with before. And every once in a while too, maybe if it's not a side project, if you're doing consulting work, you quote a build for someone and like it's overkill to use React to build this, but if it does kind of make sense, you know, spend extra time that you're not building the client to build it using like the newer technology. Like right. if it makes sense, you yeah. don't want to use stuff that doesn't make sense. But right. sometimes you can kind of choose to use a technology just for learning. You know, and so you kind of you kind of have to force yourself to try out and use some of these new technologies because if you don't, it's very easy to get stuck in the right and we're all just coding, you know, and you know PHP five point two, right? Yeah. You know, you know, no, no object oriented, you know, whatever. You get you go back to your old habits because yeah. it's easy. So you have to force yourself.
0: Cool. So it sounds like the big takeaway from both of you is kind of learn by doing right? You yeah. figure out and, and you do something. So awesome. Thank you. The, the last question I have is, is a really good one. If you could go back in time and say to your younger self, I wish I knew X at this point. What would it be? What would you tell your younger self to learn and know?
7: learn and know. Hmm. Buy more Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> this is not <You>, WordPress. <laughs> you are not
0: the first person to give that answer.
8: <laughs>
7: I think I did talk about this with Jesselyn also, but he always, Jason always jokes with me that I have kind of an imposter syndrome about what I'm good at and what I know how to do and using the word developer in my job title is something that I feel nervous about because it implies something that I don't agree with yeah. personally. So yeah, I mean, be more confident, be more assured of yourself that it, you are that title and that's part of your day to day, you know?
0: Nice. I love that. And what about you, Jason?
8: Yeah. And in, in business-wise, like one thing that I often come back to about, you know, telling my early self is that a mantra that like to fail fast. Mm-hmm. And so, you know I'm saying? Hey, do these side projects, do all these things to level up your skills oftentimes like i find i I get involved in too much stuff at once Mm -hmm. and then it becomes you know a time sink to kind of maintain these things or like pursue business goals and i think sometimes you you can have a sense of this isn't working out but you feel connected to it for you know kind of emotional reasons Mm -hmm. and if i had failed a lot of those earlier projects maybe i would have gotten to the successful ones earlier it's that kind of thing
0: cool i love that well thank you both for joining me today i really appreciate it yes
7: thank you so much joe all right thanks joe
0: Alright, that does it for the live, in-person interviews uh, that we did at WordCamp US. Thanks so much to all of my guests, Jackie, Scott, Akshot, Michelle, Leland, Brian Richards, and Kim and Jason Coleman. That was some excellent advice. I'm going to, before we get to the Pantheon answers. Uh, I interviewed Steve from Pantheon with these same exact questions. I don't often get to do this, so I'm going to kind of wax poetic a little bit on, on my answers and kind of sum these things up, right? We, we heard a lot for the first question about front-end optimization. We heard a lot of be mindful of your resources, right? Jackie talked about using SVG for images instead of massive images. Leland talked specifically about that for a while, not uploading these gigantic images that take up a lot of space on your server, but also take up a lot of resources for your users. Uh, and then the rest of our guests pretty much echoed the same things. Be mindful of the resources you're uploading. Make sure to write good, concise CSS and don't repeat yourself. Make sure to minify things and use lean JavaScript. All of those things are really important because in in today's world, in, in the web development world at least, uh, there are So many different frameworks and things that you can add to your website that uh, it's easy. It's really easy for a website to get bloated. But on that same token, a lot of the things that you had to use JavaScript for even seven years ago, uh, you can now use CSS for. So make sure, I would say, make sure you're using the right tool for the job, right? Don't use JavaScript for site-wide CSS changes, for example. And make sure uh, not to use images for things that CSS can do and and vice versa. So, Or if you are doing heavy animations, perhaps JavaScript is the way to go, right? CSS can do animations, but uh, depending on the language that you're using and the animations you're doing, you know, maybe JavaScript is better. So it takes a little bit of learning your craft, honing your craft. And it's definitely not like MVP style learning, but as you learn more, definitely know what the best tool for the job is. With our second question, we got a lot of online courses or books was a common answer, reading Twitter and learning from your friends. That's how I learned. That's why I started this podcast to learn from my friends. And of course, I love online courses because I make them myself. Uh, And I like to ask a lot of questions. And this is just general. This is Neiman like web development related, I will get stuck on a subject and ask a bunch of questions about whatever it is. Hey, where did that saying come from? Or why do you do things this way? Uh, So I've been very inquisitive. It's been very helpful to me because then I will when I'm interested in in some craft or learning more about JavaScript. Why do we do it this way? Why do we need all these things for React? What's Webpack? And things like that. So definitely I ask a lot of questions. And talk to people, talk to lots of people. Uh, Brian said that he likes to find people who are smarter than him and ask questions. Uh, That is maybe my favorite answer uh, because it is an excellent one. Learn from your friends. Uh, And the last question, which is my favorite one, uh, we got a pretty wide array of answers here, but one that came up more than once is get involved sooner, network faster, meet people faster. Uh, If you do that, then number two won't be so hard because you will meet the people who are smarter than you and then you can ask them lots of questions and level up your game, right? As far as what I would tell myself, my younger self, don't be afraid of the word no. Uh, When I was a kid, I started my business when I was 16 or 15 or something like that. I was pretty afraid to be told no. And because of that, I wouldn't ask, right? Or I would quote, way lower than I should have. Uh, and it wasn't until well into college that I learned, like, hey, there's nothing wrong with the word no. If somebody says no, it's maybe not a good fit, or they weren't ready for the services, or I wasn't ready to do the project and they could tell, right? That's absolutely a possibility as well. So don't be afraid of the word no, and, and just ask. Uh, it's It's something I say all the time, and I'm a big fan of it. So With that, I'm going to now lead into the interview that I did with Steve Persh over at Pantheon. Pantheon, of course, sponsored the episode. They sent me to WordCamp US so I could conduct these interviews and bring you such great content. So absolutely check them out. There is a link in the show notes, but if you go to buildpodcast.net slash Pantheon, you will see all the fun things they have to offer. So uh, without further ado, here's my interview with Steve Persh answering the same questions. Hey everybody! Welcome to a very special edition of How I Built It. So I am back in the studio after an excellent time at WordCamp US, thanks to the sponsor of that episode, Pantheon. And today, right now, I'm here with uh, Steve Persh, who is an agency and community engineer at Pantheon, uh, and he is going to answer the same questions that I was asking people at WordCamp US. Steve, how are you doing today?
9: I'm great. Happy to be here, Joe.
0: Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I uh, Again, I really appreciate Pantheon giving me the opportunity to go and record a live show at WordCamp US. I, I had a blast doing it, and I'm definitely going to look into doing more of that in the future. So first and foremost, I really appreciate that.
9: Oh, absolutely. And it was a great conference this year. We We really enjoyed it.
0: Awesome. Glad to hear it. So I know that we've got the questions. Well, obviously, we have the questions ahead of time. They're the same ones that I asked at WordCamp US. And so the first question is... Do you have any tips for front-end optimization for us?
9: Sure. So I just wrote a blog post, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, Front-End Performance Edition. So it basically takes the idea that there's a a progression to rise up towards making sure your site is actually serving its real purpose. So front-end performance optimizations, I think, should be done in the service of whatever the site exists to do, be it an e-commerce site, a blog site, where you're trying to, to pass along information, For pretty much any site, you don't want people waiting 10 seconds to to load the page. So one of the bits of advice in that blog post was examine whether or not each element on your page actually belongs there. So I was recently looking at a site that had a lot of JavaScript files loading, one of which was like a, a share this JavaScript file. But as I was looking around the page, I didn't see any share this widgets. And if I had just jumped straight to, let's optimize this JavaScript, let's make it smaller, let's make it faster, let's concatenate these files together, I probably would have overlooked the fact that there was this whole file, this whole set of logic that didn't need to be loaded at all. So before trying to make something fast, ask, do we need this thing at all?
0: Gotcha. That makes sense, right? Like if I'm you know, if i driving, uh, let's say a Chevy Cavalier, I'm not going to put like some sort of 10 ton thing on the back of it. That's going to make the yeah. car really slow, and I don't need it.
9: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't need that.
0: Cool. Awesome. And so you mentioned that you wrote a blog post, which is a great way to learn more and level up your skills. But uh, in general, you know, I'm sure you're writing the blog that blog post, so you already have those skills. How do you go about learning new things and leveling up your skills?
9: Sure. Over the co- course of my career, I think what I've relied on most is working on projects that I, I care about personally, so side projects. So I got into web development I was a theater major in college and started making websites for a theater companies. Like I literally
1: right.
9: needed to make a better website in order to do my job better. I was managing the website at this theater company. It was all flat HTML. That was a pain. I didn't like managing sidebars across these hundreds of HTML files. I thought I can probably do like a PHP include and that'll that'll make my real job actually easier. So, over the course of my career, i've I've learned mainly by figuring out the thing that i I need either for myself be it be at work or be it for a a personal project. so I still think personal projects side projects often are the way i I learn best after after over a decade of doing this though i I don't have a lot of energy to just rewrite my own blog and react or whatever the new <laughs> thing is like I can only rebuild the same websites so many times. So what I've been experimenting with more recently are Internet of Things projects, just because it's it's more exciting to me at at this point in my career. So buttons that call off to APIs that trigger Amazon Lambda functions all within a second and then send a response back to the button. Like, by doing that, I'm I'm learning new things. I'm learning about the latest in JavaScript. I'm learning about Amazon Lambda functions, And I'm doing it to make this button light up, which is right now more exciting to me than uh, rebuilding my blog yet again.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Because, well, first of all, you're learning by doing, which is something that I preach all the time. I absolutely love that. But I mean, as far as your more recent techniques, you're actually building something in the real space, which is not something that programmers get to do a lot of the time, right?
9: Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of that Internet of Things stuff I picked up in preparation for. A conference presentation earlier this year it was it was called "Connecting Your Development Workflow to the Internet of Things," and uh, I submitted that that talk abstract before I had it really all together. So I had I had to learn a lot just to get ready for the conference talk. That's another another way to, to learn new things: submit conference talks about things <laughs> you don't really know completely yet and then you'll, you'll have to learn <laughs> in order to get ready for that presentation so yeah I, I ended up putting together a lot of internet of things side projects just to get ready for that presentation
0: cool very cool a trial by fire if you will uh, jumping right into the deep end cool uh so now we are on to the last question which is if you could go back in time and give your younger self some advice what would that advice be
9: sticking sticking to the the technology world i think the advice i would give to to my earlier self would be you're gonna have to learn bash at some point (laughs) as a web developer i i tried to narrow the the scope because there's so many things technology related if you tried to learn them all you'd never get anything done so i I knew that I knew I couldn't learn everything, and as a web developer, I, I tried to to stay focused on websites. And for the teams that I was on, I thought, yes, there are scripts that need to be written, but I feel like that should be someone else managing the server, managing DevOpsy things. I'm focused on building out the website, and that's that's true and, and worthwhile to uh, to a certain extent, you know, just on on the web hosting side of things. That's why I liked Pantheon because I knew. I don't have to worry about the Nginx. Pantheon's got that covered. So it, it does hold for a lot of areas, but I've I've found that I would have been better off had I just gotten comfortable with the command line earlier, had I gotten comfortable with bash scripting earlier, even just the basics of variables in bash and exit codes, pass fail. Like there's there's so much that can be done with those decades old fundamental tools. I just wish I had had gotten into them years earlier.
0: That is a great piece of advice because, especially if you're starting out in like a front-endy sort of role, the command mm-hmm. line can be very scary, right? But uh, yes. I remember, I remember when I made the switch full time. I would do some things on the command line, like nearly delete my entire my brother's entire hard drive because I did like pseudo rm. Oh like, yeah. R <laughs> everything. Yep. Um, yeah. But uh, it was there was like a conflict between. Something I was using, like the version of Git that that thing was using, and the version of Git I needed. So I just like uninstalled the graphical user interface I was using for Git and GitHub, mm. and just used Git from the command line. And like I never looked back. So it's a lot of fun, uh, I think, now that I'm like embedded in it.
9: Yeah, absolutely, and and I suppose to give uh, to give yet another answer, find a great team to work with sooner. I spent a lot a lot of time in my early career working solo. And I guess I figured out soon enough that I I needed team members to be working with, but for Git specifically, I feel like I accelerated through a lot of the Git angst that I've heard, simply because I adopted Git at a time when I was switching jobs to a company that was all Git, and I just had to learn it, had to learn it quick. And I had great coworkers who could help me out when I you know, had to rebase for the first time or had to uh, work with yeah. multiple multiple remotes for the first time. I could ask someone over the cubicle wall and and they were they would help me and yeah, there were a lot of times really in my career when it was you know just me working out of my bedroom yeah. getting stuck and googling for hours,
0: yeah, awesome. That is now two great pieces of advice and that's what we'll leave you with. Steve, thanks so much for joining me uh for this short version of our interview, but a longer version of how I built it live from WordCamp US.
9: Thanks so much, Joe.
0: Alright, thanks again so much to Steve and Pantheon for making this episode possible. If you want to learn more about Pantheon, head over to buildpodcast.net pantheon to see everything that they as a hosting company has to offer. I will point out my favorite feature of their hosting service, aside from the really nifty, like, global CDN stuff they're doing is how easy it is to connect GitHub or Git to my website. Uh, It's the easiest process I've experienced across any hosting provider. Uh, So if that is a really important feature to you, Pantheon might be worth it just for that. So uh, absolutely check them out. Again, that's buildpodcast.net slash Pantheon. I really hope you enjoyed this live episode. Uh, I hope to do more of them in the future. Again, this is, like, a very special Episode. It's in between seasons three and four. Season four is coming out in just a couple of weeks, and man, I am so excited uh to to show you everything I have in store for that season. I've got some really great guests. We talk about some really cool subject matters. We even venture outside of just building web products a little bit. Uh so uh there's a little teaser for you. If you liked this episode or enjoy the show, please rate us and review us over at Apple Podcasts. It really helps with discovery. Uh, And I do want to thank you uh, because the ratings, the reviews, the subscriptions uh, put how I built it in the top 25 tech podcasts on iTunes recently, which is a great uh, honor. Uh, I'm so excited for that. So uh, again, until season four, which launches in a couple of weeks, thanks so much for listening. And uh, until next time, get out there and build something.